see beautiful vistas with better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, we've got James. Hello. And Calvin. I just realized his name now is above mine. It is. Look at what you've done to yourself. (laughs) I'm okay with this. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, wait, really quick. Uh, Can I ask, what's that bowl? What, you can't read it? Yeah, come on, James. I can't read it. Is it come Japanese? on. Hang on, wait, you here's my follow-up question, writer. James. Have you not been listening to our past few episodes that you weren't on? Dude, I don't even... RJ, I'm the most conceited person. I don't listen to anything I'm not a part of. Uh, Who does? No, I, don't, no, I, I mean, have. I, I have not listened, but I'm sure on a late-night binge I will listen to them. I'm confused as to what this symbol is still, though. My question is... You would I know if you'd listened. Oh. Is it like alchemical it looks like all i know is it's listed as a language i think it might be a phonetic mark interesting it looks like something from castlevania like a rune they put on a church before they burn it down <laughs> but, um no that's had more well then. uh no it's that's interesting i'm gonna copy this and i'm gonna see if i can figure this out oh fuck i can't oh fuck right. i can't well okay, good right. i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> our better buddies icebreaker this week is what is life is it a competition or a journey and calvin went and changed his symbol again to a lasso it's a Fuck. chameleon it looks like a oh. worm <laughs> <laughs> that's so cute uh that is so cute um also really yes quick, the visual gags in the audio <laughs> podcast I the know, highest know, form of comedy <laughs> I mean, the best ones do it, so... It's real audience participatory. Um, Yeah. uh, Wait, can you you re-say that question again? What is life? (laughs) Is it a competition or a journey? Life is Uh, a dream. Which must all one day wake. Damn. Well, that was one of the two options, but okay. Confucius? Um, It's Wheel of Time. Oh, hell yeah. Close enough. That's basically... (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yeah, that's basically philosophy already. Uh, ooh, I mean, I I personally choose to look at it as more of a journey, personally. But I, I think it, it there are parts of it that are competitive. I'm going to take the the Buddhist way. I'm going to say it's a little bit, but I I would personally view it as a journey. I think that's a little bit more of a fun way to do it. But the, that's what a loser says. Oh, really? You want to make this a competition? What are you going to say, then? <laughs> What's your answer? <laughs> well, James just turned well, it into a competition, I mean, so... I didn't say I yeah, disagreed. See? Oh, this is fair. <laughs> this is also fair. I jumped the gun. Yeah, jeez. Oh, damn. Was it a competition? Oh, <laughs> uh, sometimes. <laughs> uh, what do I you agree think? that it's a journey. It's a journey. Sometimes you compete yeah. along the way. It's kind of like the Olympics, right? You got this big old long journey to get to the Olympics and get the other side of the Olympics and get the endorsement deals. But along the way, you have to compete sometimes. Not if you're smart. 
Like that one woman who went to the Olympics yeah. and lost everything, but because it was the 30-person limit that they were under, she could still go. Yeah, that's, like, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and then she went and lost everything and scored no points. Dude, yeah. it's, it's being there. She won by just getting there. Honestly, because yeah, you can never take that away from her, that she's been in the Olympics. Can you say that? No, Fair. no, you can't. <laughs> Fair. And I don't. I can't even use my Irish heritage to do that because I'm too far away from Ireland in terms of bloodlines. So. Oh, damn. What, wait, I'm, I'm I think like her mother was of a different country, so that was how she. Yeah, got she was it. able to do it because she was um, dual citizenship, I believe, or maybe she was just from this country. But it was like a smaller European nation who didn't have anyone on their like. I think it was like some sort of a skiing uh, thing. It was and like, like the, yeah, the trick one and like the yeah, you had to do thing. tricks or whatnot, and she only you have to place in the top like. It was like you had to place in a top percentage of all of your competitions in order, or you had to place like top three so many times in a certain number of competitions, something like that. So she only entered competitions with a few enough people that even if she came in last, she still met that mark. Yep. So, <laughs> so she just kind of like by default made it to the Olympics. And it's very divisive. Some people thought she was brilliant because it was just like, yeah, awesome. But a lot of people were like, oh, no, you're disparaging the honor of the games. Oh, please, those games have no honor. <laughs> I, 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 there's there's prestige in them, but I also there think is it's prestige, like... prestige, but that's different from honor. That's, dude, that's a, that's a classic Olympian Greek story about a mortal who ends up, you know, winds up accidentally, like, getting to Olympus somehow. That's brilliant. That's, that's a, not that's what the Olympics right are. There. Yeah, I know, but it's, like, it's supposed to be, right, like, raising the mortal body to that, the status of no. God. What do you, what, okay. The Olympics were originally Mr. celebrated dude who ran medicine, like, forever. That's, isn't that marathon? Isn't that a marathon? I mean, it's marathon. Oh, wait, hang on. You're right. right. That is We're marathon. Doing it now. The Olympics Origin. is wrestling. Yes. Okay. For, yeah, I do think. Well, I think one of the original Olympic sports was wrestling. Like, if we're talking, like, ancient Greek stuff. Because they also did, like, shot put. And, like, I'm pretty sure they had races ancient there, too. Greek Olympic Games. Series of athletic competitions among representative city-states. Yes. Yeah, it was a way for them to get all their uh, homoerotic male tension out instead of going to war, which Sparta was there. They were a religious <laughs> festival honoring Zeus. Yes, yes. Well, yeah, because it became, and I, I mean, I guess was it like it, it, it was a foot race? A it religious says they be, Yeah, it says they eventually became a political tool used by the city states to assert dominance over their rivals. Nice. <laughs> Very cool. Which one of our naked guys is better than one of your naked guys? <laughs> Let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> I mean, I guess not a bad way to settle international disputes. We should do that. I again. mean, better than just murdering people. Yeah, I would. I, mean, I would agree. Depends I mean, how brutal your Olympic games are. Dude, I still think we should have some kind of. Uh, we should have like some kind of war games instead of like actual war. I know that that defeats that the purpose of wait. like actual war, but like. I I mean, wait, so in these war games, are people dying? No, <laughs> no, it would be like a giant like urban warfare, like paintball, like a capture. It's whoever's flag, the coolest. Like, we just use whoever's yeah. coolest. Well, you that get, way it you still get pushes cutting edge technology. Yeah, you get points for style and aesthetics, but you'd also have to you'd have to win the game somehow. 
And that's why the greatest predictor of the future ever is the webcomic Manly Guys Doing Manly Things, where in the far-flung space future, that's how war is fought. Is it? Literally the coolest, most merchandisable dudes. All fight? Or they Uh, just hang out? They fight sometimes, and they fight like bugs, and they'll they'll do a tour of Bug Planet, or they'll fight each other. But also they'll just, like, hang out (laughs) and be cool. And there's one storyline where they uh, yeah. they try and get the main like character Rock to go on a wild one man rampage against the system because it would be fantastic for the marketing. Hey, that's uh, that is brilliant marketing right there. He Break subverts the it by tearing up important files and making tiny um, origami stars. There we go. That's cute. For, like, really quick, speaking of marketing, for some reason I couldn't get the bit from Starship Troopers out. I was literally, like, saying it under my breath uh, yesterday at, like, multiple points, the part where it's, like, the uh, the infomercial for the army or whatever. It's yeah. like, service guarantees citizenship. And then it's like, uh, I'm doing my part, I'm doing my part. And then it's like <laughs> the little kid with the assault rifle. <laughs> it's like, I'm doing my part too. And then there's like stock like laughter. They're yeah, like, they all just like <laughs> laugh and they're just like, <laughs> <laughs> That movie's awesome. That movie should be shown in every high school. <laughs> I heard the movie changed a lot of like shit from the books and altered it, the meaning. It did. Did Robert it? Yeah. yeah. I thought Robert the book the book was always a satire though. I well, don't think so. I don't. Uh, yeah, fences from online reading, so I could be wrong. But the way I heard it was that the book was a lot more like supposed to be like kind of satirizing both individualist and collectivist natures, and how they don't mesh because like the, the there was a truce with the bug people, and then like some individual uh, people like went and fucked with the bug people, even though the truce was a thing, and because the bug organization didn't understand individualism, individualism, they just assumed oh. That entity has come after us. We're going to fight them. All right. Fair enough. I looked it up, and apparently it has been accused of promoting militarism, fascism, military rule. But it says it's been accused of. I would be interested in reading more because a lot of people leveled those same criticisms at the film yeah. because yeah. they just completely missed the point of it. Um, are, but, you, are you saying you'd like to know more? I would like to know more, James. <laughs> I would like to know more. That's no, I I've read like half the book, uh, like I, but I read it like early in high school. <clears throat> I do know Robert A. Heinlein was like foundational in terms of military science fiction. Like he basically is like a co-founder of the genre because his like hmm. depiction of like space marines and stuff like that was he he did for like military sci-fi, like space marine stuff. He did that for literature, what, like, James Cameron did for, uh, like, film with, like, aliens and stuff like that. Um, So he's, like, the book is, like, I I agree with you, Cal. I think it, I I would have to reread the book because the movie was accused of the same stuff. This is fascist, like, it's supporting fascism. And it's, like, did you not get any of the subtext as to what's being said? Like, I don't know. Great movie. Great book. Yeah, just real. It's uh, just skimming the Wikipedia page. It seems like it's very divided. Some people say it's like left open to the reader's interpretation, and it's supposed to be somewhat more satirical. But then other people say it's just pushing the author's militaristic political viewpoint. So who knows? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's. I've, I'd argue that theoretically could be a mark of a good book, though. Is it? generates so many ideas true i 
I, I would agree. I mean, I think like uh, any degree of like ambiguity, um, it's got to be done carefully. But if you do it right, like it can add like a dimension to it uh, for sure. <laughs> but this is a slight tangent. I, this conversation just reminded me of the bit from uh, RJ would know this from the second season of Dungeons and Daddies Uh-oh. where one of the characters is talking about why they're in detention. Minor spoilers, <laughs> but not really. Uh, they're talking about why they're in detention and it's because she it was given she's supposed to be playing this like emo character this emo like teenage character um and she's just like yeah instead of like writing an essay about the diary of Anne frank uh she just like took it and like did it talked about like how her life is like 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 and stuff like this and how she's bad and uh so it's supposed to be that she's in detention because her her life to that of Anne Frank's but she has a bit where she makes a line where she's like it's about it's about my struggles and the two other guys in there just j- immediately jump in are and are like your comp if you will <laughs> <laughs> and highly recommend just listening to that episode for that bit alone because it's just perfectly timed and just awesome that's that's really really funny. <laughs> sounds like we need to sounds like we need to move on to our next segment. Better buddies recommend or recommend piece of media to enjoy since we've already kind of done so a couple times. Yeah, yeah. seriously. Who would like to start? I'll go first. The floor oh, is yeah. yours. You oh. like floors? <laughs> <laughs> well, just hover. No, uh, uh, <laughs> have we ever recommended Starship Troopers before? No. Oh my god, have. I I would yeah I, I'd go for it. I'm, I'm not going to recommend it. I just was thinking of that. Uh, you can recommend it, James. But no, I'm going to recommend. I talked about you with this about you. Yeah, uh, I talked to you about this earlier. But uh, I found a podcast. Well, it's more. It's a radio production that I found a podcast version of that I've been listening to. It's called uh, Cabin Pressure, um, and it was a radio sitcom on the BBC. Back in like it, it first aired in like 2008. There was like a, it, it, there was a season in 08, 09, and then 11, and then 13. Um, so it's a bit older, and it's got like these four main characters, and one of them is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, actually. Oh and um, basically, what it's about is it's about these kind of four main characters that are uh, members of this like really really crappy airline like they call it an airline and there's only one plane um and they're like a charter airline and it's like their bottom of the barrel just pretty garbage pilot kind of like they couldn't get hired anywhere else so they're here um and it really is like a radio sitcom and it's very british humor if you like that um and i don't know i've just British humor, honestly, is hit or miss for me, but I've been really digging this um, series, and it's been quite enjoyable. It's got a... It's very episodic in that each episode is, like, a sitcom in nature in which it's its own kind of thing, but there is a continuation of, like, elements of a story throughout them. Uh, But I think they're fantastic. The acting is great. The writing is hilarious. Um, the sound design, I think they do a brilliant job of. 
because, for example, in like the first episode, there um, Benedict Cumberbatch is the captain of the plane, and he's like complaining that they can't fake an emergency to land at this airport because they don't want to divert. Um, and his first officer is just like, but captain, we can just radio them that we smell smoke in the cabin and we'll be able to skip the line and get down. And Benedict Cumberbatch is just like, but we don't smell smoke. And then you just hear the sound of a match getting struck. And, <laughs> and the first cap, the first officer is just like, don't you? <laughs> That's good. That's uh, it's like kind of corny, but it's pretty. Endearing. Oh, it's super it's corny and cheesy, but it's great. The first officer is by far my favorite character because he's got like super dry sense of humor, and he's always and he's just like he's actually semi competent. So, or he's actually just kind of competent, but he's just like lazy and doesn't want to do anything. So that's why he's kind of ended up at this airline. Um, whereas Benedict Cumberbatch's character is kind of obsessed with the idea that he's a captain of an airline. And the, like, uh, he's very like full of himself that he's the captain, even though he like failed the test like eight times. And <laughs> which is the reason why he's stuck at this bottom barrel airline. It, I think the no. word we need to use to describe it is charming. It sounds very charming. It it's yeah. hilarious, though. It It's, yeah. It, there's actually a decent number of uh, well-known kind of guests and stuff, like British uh, actors and stuff. Uh, do you know who Anthony Head is? The name or sounds Heed? familiar. Um, he was in Buffy. You've probably seen him in a couple of stuff. He was, uh, was it Giles in Buffy? Oh, really? Um, yeah. He's he's you would recognize him and probably recognize his voice. Um, I'm trying to see if he was in anything recently. You might know. Uh, I don't really. See, but there's a couple other like decently known like British actors and stuff. And yeah, I I highly recommend it. Tis hilarious. Nice. James, you want to go next? Yeah, I can go. Um, it's came to the point where. Uh we just been doing this for so long. I can never remember if I've recommended things or, or not, but I have a literal list. It's in every I, episode description. I I know, but to go through it, RJ, I mean, yeah, you need to compile it, RJ. Come on. What are you a doing? whole 15 minutes of my life? And you know, I spent my life I, so well. Anyway, I write the show notes. I record the episodes. I do the editing and I do the social media management. Someone else can compile the list. But see, that oh. it's it's not much more effort. You're already going to all that trouble. You might as well just do the <laughs> list. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just wait for the I, fans to do it. I will. Fans. Uh, we have six. I, we, hey, that's. Listen, all, our, all three of our parents don't count. Uh, none of them oh, listen, yeah. so. No, that's fair. <laughs> I actually think my dad listens. So uh, I hope my parents don't listen. Don't count it out. I promise they don't. But uh, if if so, if he's listening right now, hi dad. Um, <laughs> hi James is dead. Uh, just but, gonna jump uh, in real quick here since we're talking about our parents listening. The one one yeah. of the few episodes my mom chose to listen to James is the one where you're talking about eating babies and dumpsters. Really? <laughs> I do yes. not remember this. Because I don't remember that. I out. Dude, ah. if that was between the period of 2018 and 2022, I blocked. That's fine. I can't be held responsible for my act. I want to I say it was spring 21. 
Yeah, it sounds. Oh, yeah, I remember that conversation actually. Yeah, vividly. <laughs> that was part of what created the "don't listen to James" rule. Oh, damn, that's funny. Well, you know, it's something good always comes from something bad. Usually, I think my mom listened to like an episode or two with James, and both of them he happened to bring up like Nazis and Hitler, and she was like, "Man, James <laughs> really talks about Nazis a lot." Oh boy. <laughs> Perfect. And then I'm we talked more about it today. Yep. Reputation. Um, in keeping, um, I'm going to recommend Mein Kampf. Um, Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> no. No, I am I'm going to recommend uh, uh, Starship Troopers is good, but I am going to recommend um, I don't think I've recommended this person. I'm going to recommend the American painter Edward Hopper. Um you would most the 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 work that would like people would be most familiar with, um, uh, with uh, is uh, is painting Nighthawks, which is oh um, yes on, yes yeah you know what I'm talking about the people at the bar yes um, yes uh, his I really like his paintings a lot um, I actually have like a print of Nighthawks like hanging up in my like bowl little hall area nearby at like front door it's really nice um and i i like them because they convey they're usually very like sparsely populated like usually there's no more than most of his paintings of maybe one or two people um nighthawks is almost kind of an oddity where there's actually like more than two or three people in the painting itself um but utilize like a lot of empty space the use of color is very interesting he actually was like really famous for modeling as his career went on like modeling his paintings almost trying to get them to look like stills or frames from a movie which then kind of ironically uh directors or cinematographers would find his paintings and they would model their shots like after his paintings so kind of like the he order kind of Boros. informed Exactly. He made kind of an Ouroboros. He informed the tradition, um, which is cool. Um, I didn't I didn't realize that painting had a name besides common one of people sitting at a diner counter. <laughs> yeah, Nighthawks is really cool. He's got another one that's really cool called New York Theater that I really like. Um, you might recognize some of his other paintings because some of them get like kind of either memed or sort of reposted in some way or another share. Uh, regardless, but he's a really cool American painter. Um, I, I, I don't know a whole lot about art history or painting in general, so I'm kind of just drawn to what I like. So I, I don't know if he's seen as kind of like basic or kind of who cares, whatever. But I no, I know. I'm We've I'm just saying some real basic shit on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like, this should not the be the time thing. where we decide. You know what? With painted art, we're going to draw the line. Oh no, and sometimes with basic corny stuff you find like the best stuff imaginable because that's where people really just let loose. I'm just saying it is like a as I'm super familiar with art, like I'm not passing down any any judgments or anything in the recommendation. Like it, not a value judgment. I just really like his style. I think like I said before, his use of space and color is really cool. Um his paintings look awesome from a distance, and then when you get up close, <laughs> like there's actual detail there. There's not as much as you would expect, which is where he maybe falters a little bit, but there's just enough where it's like, you can see some of these characters and I was reading about him. It's really cool. Like one last thing. I, I think it's kind of cool. Like 
lot of the guys he used himself mainly as like a model in a lot of his later paintings and his wife would not let him use any other model other than her for the women (laughs) so in a lot of his paintings it's him and her in like different forms basically like reflected throughout the painting which i think is like really really cool um yeah edward hopper nighthawks is the painting with the people at the diner uh, New York Theater is the other one that I mentioned. He's got a bunch. I would definitely there's, suggest. There's one that I think you would love. Let me pull it up. Um, I think it's like, oh, it's like, oh, I can't figure it out now. It's, uh, it's like man in office, or, or it's like, is it's it like a guy a, sitting at like, like daybreak almost? Office at night. Oh. I think. I think this is the one. Edward Hopper office at night. The man and the woman? Yeah. I really like that one. Office yeah, I figured you... I, fig- I, it's, I don't know. I, I just figured that'd be one that... No, I've would... seen... It. This is another one that gets, like, repo. I mean, like, I just love the, like, looking at it. And I know, obviously, it's a, this is a, an audio medium, so it's very difficult. But if you do have the capability, just look up office at night. And if you can, like, zoom in... Like, you're not going to get, like, great resolution. But just the way he plays with, like, shadow. It's, like, very mm-hmm. subtle details. Like, the way the typewriter looks. The phone. Even the, the way that the lamp looks on the desk. Like, it's really, really... It's really well done. Like, it's really cool. It's, like, the longer you stare at it, the more things kind of come into form. Um, I think he did, does a really good job. Even the windowsill. Like, the light, like, hanging off the, the kind of, like, the blocks. Um on their edges and those shadows. That's really, really cool. Um, I really like his style. I think it's uh, it's a great kind of panoramic view, very colorful. The, again, the, what he does with space, cool. Um, and even up close, though he may have some shortcomings there, it's still like it reveals more than you would think. So I would definitely see Edward Hopper uh, absolutely to just check out. The piggyback off that a bit. Uh, the only reason I know a bit about Nighthawks and Edward Hopper is because I was like just on YouTube or whatnot and it popped up and I'm going to post the link in our chat here. There's this channel called Great Art Explained yes. and there's yes. there's a piece on Nighthawks and it goes in depth into the piece and Edward Hopper and it's like 15 and a half minutes long highly recommend if you're interested in it because even if you're not like that big into art which joy looking at art but like you start talking about the like abstract stuff of art and the history and all that i like i'm like yeah i see pretty picture i like pretty picture uh (laughs) i don't need much more uh (laughs) but i watched this whole 15 minute video and it's it it is really interesting hearing about his style and his life, like James said, that his wife was very much like, no, you're not painting other women, me alone. <laughs> and he did. Which I think, yeah. yeah, and he did, which I think is very sweet. I think it's kind of endearing, actually. It's, uh, yeah, uh, absolutely. Edward Hopper. Um, and check out that video, too. I've, se- I've seen it as well. Read his Wikipedia page as well. It kind of covers the same stuff, but seeing it kind of explained by somebody or hearing it is really cool, mm-hmm. too. Nice. All right. My recommendation, we're getting multimedia this week with these three recommendations. Because oh, yeah. uh, I'm going to recommend a movie. I watched for the first time this past week, Superman Returns. And oh, I really the, uh, enjoyed it. Yeah. With Brandon Is that the Ruth one with Superman. 
Yep. Yes. And yes. Kevin Spacey as uh, Lex, Lex Luthor. Uh, having, because uh, during the pandemic, like during more like earlier in the pandemic, uh, a theater I went to pretty frequently was doing like free movie nights where like they they managed to like get the rights to just show some of the old superhero movies for free. So they did the first two Supermans and the Tim Burton, no, which Batman did they do? Yeah, it was the Tim Burton Batman. And watching, having watched the first two Christopher Reeves Supermans and then watching Brandon Ruth's Superman Returns, it was all, like, it was all very intense. Like, the point was to be a follow-up to those original ones, but it was all done very well. With the only, like, spoilers for a movie that's been out for a while, um, the only story point I didn't really like was Lois Lane's kid. Like, we didn't, we didn't need to do that. That's not, no. Uh, so, Lois, when Superman returns to Earth after five years away in space, Lois Lane has a kid. And the kid seems sickly, and has asthma. And then later in the movie, saves his mother by throwing a piano across the room. And you're like, ah shit, that kid's super kid. Which means he's Superman's kid. But then it also brings up the following point of like, hang on, wait a minute. If he knew he, he's Superman, like, he would... No. Superman would not just abandon a child and a pregnant Lois. He, he would not do this. Also, I didn't think he knew he was, she was pregnant. But that also implies that, like, they got together just before he left. And, I thought they said. <laughs> what? Isn't that what they do? No, <laughs> they don't tell you. Like, it doesn't... From what I remember having watched the movie... It's basically implied that, like, Superman just leaves. Like, he might have said goodbye to his mother. And then he leaves. And the only context for the relationship prior is all of the information given in the previous movies. Like, they don't add any additional context beyond just that, like, Superman and Clark Kent are into Lois and she doesn't give Clark the time of day, but she really likes Superman. And they don't give any the only indication they give of like his feelings is that she at one point she asked Clark like say a guy really like just kind of up and left and Clark says well maybe it was maybe it was too hard for him to say goodbye and then later when she runs into Superman she tells him what Clark said and Superman's like yeah that Clark's a pretty smart guy like they did not do a ton of groundwork saying like oh yeah they had this relationship and then he up and left but also like if they had that much of a relationship, Superman would have said goodbye. Other than that, though, it was fantastic. It was cheesy. It was campy. Special effects were pretty decent. Brandon Ruth was great as Superman. And honestly, if they had just re basically redone that same, like, tone of movie with Henry Cavill uh, instead of Man of Steel, I'd have been happier. Really? Well, <sighs> Henry Cavill... Can totally has the range to do that level of Superman, the cheesy fun. Came, I mean, we're talking about a guy who rescued his nephew from bullies because his nephew was like, "Oh, my uncle's Superman," and everybody said, "No, he's not. Stop lying." And so uh, Henry Cavill's like went to school with the kid just to prove, like, "Hey, yeah, I'm his uncle Superman." And Cavill does a bunch of really is a really great good guy from everything I've heard. Really nice. So he could totally pull off being a nicer. Che happier, slightly cheesier Superman. 
and the entire tone, like my, admittedly, my understanding of Cavill's Superman is based only on the Justice League and Batman versus Superman, because I was so turned off by his by the way they wrote Man of Steel that I was just like, I'm not watching that. I don't. I have. I don't want to watch this. So wait, like, how would you rank it? I guess if this movie, if Superman Returns came out today. How do you think it would fare against the current crop of superhero movies? Um, I think it would be pans. I don't think yeah, well at all. It wouldn't do well. Like, being honest, it would not do well because it is so late to the game. Um, and they're trying to do new, unique things. Um, and part of the the key to writing a good Superman, to some of the keys to writing good Superman stories is Superman is super... Um, care like what's the word i want he he cares about everybody right like he is a total optimist sees the best in people and because of that that's why some of the subversions work such as the injustice video games the injustice video games work because it's such a subversion on the superman it cares about everybody um and the other big thing is superman is not about overcoming physical problems He's about overcoming general challenges and going against the odds, which both those components are there in Superman Returns, and in Man of Steel, in, in like the, the Snyder vs. Superman, he just doesn't have that. Like, it, Superman is, should stand for truth and justice and doing what's right. The American way. Uh, the American what the American way. way was until they decided to remove <laughs> the American way. Um but if you look, take that and look at Justice League or Zack Snyder's Justice League, he doesn't stand for anything. I'm now to be fair, I'm stealing this word for word from a podcast that I was, another podcast episode I listened to. But he just punches the shit out of the bad guy. That's all he does. He doesn't stand for anything. He doesn't talk about doing what's right or standing up for people or being good. He just punches the shit out of him. And it's like okay, that's cool, but also like you're Superman. Like, we should aspire to be you. Yeah, I remember hearing a lot of similar, like, critique when The Man of Steel initially came out, where it was like, uh, like why is it so... I don't know, I I mean, they tried to do, obviously, like, I think it's kind of obviously, try, they tried to do what they did for the Dark Knight series with Superman, but they completely missed the point that, like, what works for, like, Batman... That's not the tone that works for, like, Superman. I think you'd still do, like, a quote-unquote, like, a realistic Superman. You'd have to do it in sort of a... Like, it's kind of what Snyder tried to do. Like, his whole idea of, like, oh, like, they're like gods. And, like, we have to... Like, what if we treat this less of, like, a... Less in a scientific way and more of a mythological one. Like, what if we take that framework try to, like, construct, like, construct a perspective of superheroes like that? You know what you he would want to do really... if you want to do a more realistic mm-hmm. depiction of Superman, because obviously, like the older ver- depictions where it's like he's farm boy on Kansas, he goes to the big city, and the big city's really basically nothing. Like it's just him being Superman mm-hmm. flying all over the place. If you want to make it a more like grittier, realistic depiction, have him be the good old like farm boy Boy Scout who goes to the big city, and the big city is generally dirty and dingy because he's starting from the bottom. And is working as a reporter and can barely afford a place to live, like yeah, that's and a, have that that's optimism a really shine point. through. 
Yeah, he should have like that's a that's actually a really good point. It, it should be like a like a 1950s like buck up kiddo, you're going to be okay. Like he should have like it can't be too corny. It can't be like leave it to beaver. Yeah. But it's got to be like American dream type thing. Like I think the idea of like Superman reheating mac and cheese with his heat vision in a <laughs> shitty New York apartment is like awesome. really yeah. funny. Like, like and that would work where it's like like oh my god it's like he's living the experience like he you know the thing about that too is that'd be that again it's another great scene of like you have him doing that and then like the neighbor knocks and asks to borrow like a an egg or a cup of milk or something and they're like oh that's all you could get this week and he's like hey it's better than nothing yeah or or like like he he then I i don't know like his optimism, like the because of his inter- his natural optimism, and like yeah, he's meek. While Clark Kent, who trips over his own shoes, but he's a good person, and that shines through to the community. Same as Superman at the superhero level is fighting the robot, right? Agree. I think he should. It should still be a little realistic, where he should get like worn down a little bit, but he's not Absolutely. like he's he's not gonna crack. Like he'll he he can be disappointed. By like the city, but he'll never let it like break him to him. He's super. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like the idea of like again of him, in this kind of like uh, like as an ambitious like idea. The idea, and I think they put this forward in a lot of like Superman material. But the idea where he's like, I want to know what it's like to live as like a like a like a real person, like a normal person. Yep. Like I want to live that life. And the idea that he would like put himself through that would be kind of like an interesting sort of little arc to watch happen. But if you want to tell that story, in my opinion, neither Zack Snyder nor even Christopher Nolan are the right directors no. uh, to, to, to tell that. So you need to completely like shift it. If they had done... <laughs> I was just going to say, considering uh, one of the key like background players to Superman is Jimmy Olsen, cub reporter slash kid photographer who is his pal that gets in trouble but also helps him with the whole like humanizing and he's his best friend it's his best friend like the it highlights so much of how superman has best friends superman is someone who has friends and in batman versus superman they kill him in the desert because he's a cia spy is that really what they do yep if you watch the they never name him but when Lois and Jimmy are out and covering the Middle East, they kill him because he's a spy and not actually a reporter. And then in the credits, that guy is Jimmy Olsen. So, like, grossly cynical. That's yep. so, like... Uh, I mean, I get it. Like, I think what DC is doing now... I haven't seen the Batman, but I've heard good things about it. Like, I've heard people talking about it. That was my it. recommendation last week. Is it really? Uh, yes. Oh shit! See, yeah. So like, I like, I think what DC has done with the past two films, with like both the Joker and the Batman, it's very that they're like now, at least start the ship is starting to turn, albeit arguably like almost a decade too late. Um, into like, I was talking about this with somebody from work actually. Like, what what the model I think they should have followed from the beginning, which is like they should have realized. Um, 2012 the avengers came out like two big things happened in superhero movies as far as i'm aware the avengers came out and the dark knight trilogy came to an end 
and it so didn't like, come to the best no. end. No. Like, Dark Knight Rises is not a bad movie. Uh, it's definitely not The Dark Knight. But it still, like, DC still had momentum from that. And I wish that their executives had taken a look around and realized, like, we are this point half a decade behind what Marvel is doing. No way, like, the, the cinematic universe thing, there's no way that we're going to be able to sort of compete with that. That's going to be their realm. Why don't we try and do something different? Why don't we make our... We can we don't have to even directly... Comp- we just offer people a different experience. Why don't we do the thing where it's like we keep our DC sort of aesthetic? Like, it's it's a little dark, it's a little gritty, it's a little more realistic... But we basically, instead of making a cinematic universe, we just have multiple movies, like one-offs, that get directed by a bunch of different directors. Mm -hmm. And, like, we see what they can do. And if any of those sprout into a promising series, so be it. Then that's what we follow. Yeah. I I just, like, like, what they're doing now, I think, is effective. It's just unfortunate that they didn't didn't get on it later maybe it'll work out in their favor because now marvel isn't necessarily so much as a direct competitor um but i don't know i don't know yeah um so yeah but yeah um going back to the like superman is super compassionate and he overcomes any odds chris freeze movie just to top off on that chris freeze brandon ruth superman had both those qualities and does so by there's literally lex Luthor literally creates like this giant crystal island thing that is going to destroy the United States. Spoilers. Oh, it's been out since like 2008 or some shit. <laughs> um, and after being po- stabbed with a kryptonite shard and tossed into the ocean and saved by Lois Lane and her aviator pilot boyfriend, he... Fl- Beyonce. What? Nothing. Continue. Oh, yeah, it's James Marsden, by the way. He's great in the movie. Uh, and he f- uses laser beams to tunnel down under the rock and picks it up and flies it into space. Even as the crystals are still growing and the kryptonite shards look like they're about to, like, stab into him and are weakening him, he still takes it up and throws it into space because, you know, he's got to save America and the rest of the Best planet. America. If he happens to save the rest of the planet, whatever. Um, the one thing I wish they'd kind of done was actually revealed his identity because at two po- different points they kind of hint that they're gonna because when they're researching some, like, new stuff late at night, uh, James Marsden's aviator character is like hey lois what's uh what's superman can you, can you describe superman and she like does so because he's helping write the article and he's like lois how tall would you say clark is uh like six foot well like superman's height how much do you think clark weighs <laughs> same amount of superman <laughs> and they don't do anything with it and then later jimmy olsen is shown like not being able to get a good picture of superman he's too it's a blur it's, it's a bird it's a plane and then in saving the city from the disasters, Superman catches the Daily Planet globe before it hits Perry White. And Jimmy gets a really good shot of, like, Superman holding up this globe like Atlas. And he looks at it and he sees this, this look of surprise and, like, recognition of, like, oh, maybe he just realized that Clark Kent is Superman. And they never go back to it. Well, there was a planned sequel. Uh, yeah, true. And they didn't do it. Nope. Damn you, Dark Knight. I blame you. You didn't do it, but I blame you. Also, I'm sorry, Henry Cavill, but with your Superman uh, saying he snapped Zod's neck, and at that point wouldn't like made the decision to never put himself in that situation, like 
to never leave that as an option ever again. You don't get to do that when your super team literally beheaded the villain in Justice League. Yeah, but he did do it. Yes, he did with his lasers. Oh, he did? I don't remember. I think either he did it with his lasers or Wonder Woman cuts the head off and then kicks it through the portal. I feel like it was Wonder Woman, but I, it's, I've only seen the film the one time. Superman does laser <laughs> off one of his like horns and it's bleeding out. That's not dead, though. True. That's it's just, just an agony injured. and pain. There's a difference. Not enough of one. It's like if you don't, you don't, if it just because you purposely leave someone on a train that you've doomed to crash and die doesn't mean you killed them. He could have jumped out at any wow. time. Our next segment, how to be a better buddy, where we give some real and some humorous advice. Our first question this week. What's the coolest thing to do with an extra bedroom? With the further details, I have an extra bedroom in my apartment and was going to turn it into an office, but my desk fits really nicely in my bedroom, so now I've just got this extra space. What would be a cool use of this space? I'm thinking movie theater, karate dojo, whatever you can dream. Board game room. Uh, why not do all three? Movie, theater, karate dojo, dreamscape. Where? What? (laughs) (laughs) It's like in a community, the imagination room. Yeah, exactly. You have like two and a half like movie seats, like a couple half of a karate mat, half around. a movie seat. Yeah, yeah, half a movie seat, half a karate, and then, like mat. half a karate mat, and, and then, then just then, a like, bunch a of bus- like beanbag chairs, ab- like abstract space just to the right. It's like yeah, and a low hum. Um, <laughs> the low hum is necessary. It is necessary, but you only hear it, it really in the dream area. Exactly. That's how you know you're in the dream area. That's how you know you've incepted. That's your top. <laughs> That's your spinning top. Is if you can hear the low hum. I I mean my go to would always be like um if you have the means or the resources or just quite frankly the material uh a library like a, a reading yep. room would would be kind of cool. Um smoking room would be cool too. Get yourself a nice humidor, a good you bottle. Of you don't smoke no. in the humidor. No. Oh shit. <laughs> no, you don't. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, James. That right. I think that I might ruin the point of a humidor. Also, I thought humidor was also the name for the box that you have cigars in. Is that no, the humidor is the room that is kept at a certain humidity for the tobacco. So, no, right. You can have a box that's a humidor. I I can read words. I don't know what they all mean. <laughs> oh, James. Fair, fair enough. Maybe you, you should yourself just create like a, a room to study language and learn what words are. Ah, uh, yeah, but that's like, dude, who does that? Who'd spend like, the well, time? Maybe yeah, like a library? It's crazy. That's stupid, dude. Yeah, like you suggested? <laughs> we have no, fucking... See, a library is cool. A that library. Your response is just weird. <laughs> Come on, RJ. <laughs> all right. Dude, reading books is so 20th century. Turn dude. the extra bedroom um, into two extra bedrooms and just keep dividing it. Just keep subdividing yep. it? Yeah, I keep, you you have, have infinite hotel. rooms. It's definitely how it works. If you keep dividing it in half, you'll always you'll have just more never room. run out. Infinite square footage. It'll up the market value. Our next question. What shampoo and conditioner do you recommend? Who uses shampoo and conditioner? Uh, suave three in one soap, right. ca- shampoo, conditioner. You get the. Oh uh, dear God! You, you get. Are you one of those people that use? <laughs> it works so bad. It's fine if it works, dude. It works. Wait, what? What brand is it suave. though? Suave. What kind? 
pretty sure. Oh, yeah. Probably smells nice. I never have problems with the level of my hair, except when I forget to rinse it. And that's a me problem, not a conditioner problem. I currently use, um, currently use Head and Shoulders, like, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. However, my go-to recommendation would be Tresme shampoo and then Tresme conditioner. That stuff... I, I got into it when I was on the swim team because it was, like, really effective at, like, keeping chlorine out of your hair. So, um, and it makes your hair, like, really nice. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that stuff. Motor oil. Just try motor oil. Motor oil. Yeah, try motor oil. You won't know try until you try it. Our next question. About, uh, yeah. How do you overcome stage fright with the further details? Seems I get all nervous anytime I talk to a group larger than three people. I'm like, all chill talking. Then boom, all nervous when the fourth person walks in. Trial by fire. You just have to get put yourself in more situations where you're in front of a mass audience and you have no ability to back out. Fake it till you make it. Just pretend you're always in a room yeah. full of people. Yeah, uh, and you have to be okay with, like, sometimes you're going to fumble your words. Honestly, like, even for people who've spoken in front of a lot of people, sometimes even just speaking in front of, like, three or four can feel like you're on a stage. So it, that can, like, I can understand to a degree the the like social pressure because it is felt to a degree but sometimes you just have to kind of you kind of have to shrug about it and you just have to kind of keep talking stop standing on stages um, get back. what's the what's the largest like audience you've done something in front of oh god um you know that high school auditorium yeah that. yeah cool for what uh beyond band performances i was also in some productions as a young child I don't know that I count band. Which is why I said I, I, I guess as a young child. I guess I'm saying you're up on the stage like alone. Is I mean, just I was Toto with Dorothy, something? so. You were a dog? Yes. I was like six, nice. seven. Aww. Method acting. That's so cute. Is, it, is this live or is live. this. Uh, it was. Yeah, it was ages ago. Live. No, I'm, I'm talking about the que- like this question. Oh. Like, is this audience a live it's audience? It's got to be a live audience. This, uh... Zoom don't count. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there, I think there's still something to that, but I think there is definitely a difference yeah. between the abstract, the camera versus. There is. There's a big difference. Um, I'd probably say graduation. When I. Oh, that's um, right. You did the speech. I did. I I did. It. Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, me and. That wonderful, the funniest guy, probably one of the funniest men I've ever known in my life. Um, wow. But uh, I, I like we're right here, James. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> excluding, obviously excluding you guys. Um, but that kid was like a young Steve Martin. He was great. Um, I ran into him like last year. You really? Yeah. Yeah, I think he told me about this, dude. I miss him. I, that that was probably that's probably the largest I've done. Nice. I would say. Calvin? What? What's your largest? What's largest? Oh, I ask questions. I don't answer. Oh, no, no. We asked oh, you. <laughs> I told the world that <laughs> I played question. Toto when I was seven years old. You get to answer this easy question. I think I ran across the stage. At... Was that for the players thing, though? I don't know. I was too young to know. Uh, but, no, for me, it would have to be... I gotta think sizes. I've d- I did a lot of stuff in Boy Scouts, where I had to do 
where I had to like MC or I had to like run stuff. So, uh, I mean, whenever I had to do stuff in front of like the whole summer I worked at, I think on like parents night, we'd get above like 400 some people in like a, like a small room, uh, <laughs> in the like dining hall and then campfire stuff that I had to perform that I had to like, I had to perform like skits and songs in front of everybody. What me funny? doing skits and singing songs? Because it wasn't for a bunch of like it, it. It wasn't all like little kids, right? It was uh, no ages eleven to seventeen. That's so awesome. Yeah, I did a, I did a lot of skits. I, <laughs> yeah, there, there was a lot of stories there. Um, no, I think that's the. Now I'm trying to think though. Yeah, I think those would probably be the most I've performed in front of. But honestly, when I said trial by fire for my answer, I meant it because I was I'm, I'm more mortally terrified of doing stuff like that. And now, honestly, I think twice because like I learned just by like having to perform like absolutely stupid, embarrassing skits and songs in front of people like that. You kind of learn to just go with it. Yeah, it's definitely one of those things where I remember like that. That's something uh, when I was in doing those plays in high school, it's something the the director really emphasized. Um, it's like the audience won't know you've messed up unless mm -hmm. you make it clear that you have. Like, so that's not to say like be sloppy, but it's like it's basically like anything you do that might be a fumble that feels like a fumble, like maybe people will be able to tell, but you can just like brush it right off you know as long yeah. as there's nothing too like grossing like you're gonna be just fine um so uh, i i totally agree with that kind of trial by fire you just gotta kind of do it practice makes perfect all right yeah our next question do you enjoy having nightmares when you sleep why or why not do i enjoy uh, them well who enjoys nightmares it's like a sadist they're entertaining i guess I'll be honest. I, I guess I can't answer this, though. I don't dream. Sometimes I do. Ever? Do you really, RJ? Uh, and not, like, super enjoy it, but it, they're usually We're interesting. more about RJ. <laughs> I remember I had one nightmare one time of a zombie apocalypse. We were huddling in a gymnasium, but not our high school gymnasium, just, like, a generic gymnasium. And my father was there, right. and the X-Men were there manning the doors. <laughs> That's awesome. I was on the Is it really a nightmare, though? It was. That... I was terrified that because the zombies eventually broke the line. Although that sounds. It was fun until the zombies broke the line. Is see is this like uh, yeah? Here you go. No, go ahead. Yeah, like I guess I was gonna ask the question: Are nightmares like? Is it like? Does it have to be categorically hopeless, or can it just be scary at a point? I feel like it just has to have involve some sort of just like ab pure abject terror. Agree. In some capacity, yeah. In some capacity, yeah. In a separate occasion, I had a nightmare about the Marvel zombies. Really? That's a, just <laughs> FYI, that's a story where all of Marvel's heroes get zombified and consume the human population. Awesome. And there's nothing there's anyone can it. do about it. There was a what if on that. Yes. Um. Except that had a lot more heroes that did not get turned into zombies. <laughs> and in that one, Spider-Man didn't eat his girlfriend and uh, aunt. 
awesome. Yeah. I would I would say uh personally, like really quick at least like I I've gotten into the habit over the past year or two of like writing down my dreams when I remember Dream them. And for for that to happen, like I do need I do find that I need to go to bed like at a certain time. If I go to bed past a certain time, I'll be too tired. I'll sleep through any dreams. So like have to go to bed at a certain time usually before around like 10 um if i go to bed like past i usually don't dream um I, nightmares like they're not awesome like i i do find them somewhat cathartic sometimes there are other times where like you wake up from them and you're still kind of in that like fight or flight like sublim- yeah like a very subliminal limbo mode of panic and just terror and that sucks. Um, to kind of write them down is definitely interesting. I don't know if I've had any. I really hope this doesn't catalyze something. I haven't had any nightmares recently. Um, Sounds like so it's time. I, <laughs> it's time. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm pretty good so far. Like I, I, I've had dreams. I don't think I've really had like a nightmare, nightmare in a long time. Do you, I think like pure nightmares are kind of more of like a they're a stress thing or more of like a youth thing. Um, I feel like it varies dreams, person to yeah. person. That's that's fair. I I like I don't dream like at all right anymore. Like uh, people always tell me that it's just like oh you just don't remember them and it's like yeah but well, like if I wake up true, with no memory but... of them. If I wake up with no memory of them, did they really happen? Well, though? we can scan your brain you can't and watch the it. brain activity happening. Are those memories though? Are those just lines moving? Are those dreams? Or are those lines just moving up and down? Uh, well, what's the difference? But well, memory dreams form. I feel like I feel like there has to be memory. I feel like there has to be a memory component for it to be a dream. Otherwise, it's sleep. Uh, anyways, uh, as a kid though, as like a really young kid, I apparently used to have night terrors and was like would like wake up screaming mm. yeah so i feel like that's part of the reason i don't dream anymore because <laughs> uh, for was... me sleep is just close your eyes and then hey it's morning when i was this a really is, little uh, kid there was the static it was just this thing that would show up sometimes it was the best i could describe as tv static but in squiggles instead of like tv static but it was very menacing, and I hated mm-hmm. it. That's like an eldritch horror. Yes. It would show up in like dreams, basically. Uh, dreams or waking. It would just be like there. I was like four or five. For both of you, this is where I would light my cigar, put on my glasses, and Shut in up, a German Frank. accent ask how how was your relationship with Sumatha? <laughs> I feel like you need a pipe for that, not a cigar. Uh, uh, excuse me, sir. Sigmund Freud was the cigar. Uh, and Jung was the pipe. I can really? do a swift accent if hey, he was, yeah. Um, okay. Sometimes a cigar, though, is just a cigar. Uh, Fair enough. But, I searched Sigmund Freud, and the first thing it shows is him holding a cigar. But, uh, no, I, I I think dreams are personally fascinating. Um, I think they're, like, mine are usually vivid, but in a very, like, fleeting way, which I guess is, like, what makes them dreams to, an, uh, to a degree. But, um... I don't know. I, I really like them. I, I almost find them kind of like addicting. Like I, I, I found like that's why I've been going to bed earlier. It's like so I can dream because I think it's like 
genuinely, I agree with like Jung, Carl Jung actually wrote a lot on this, and I, I do agree with him in some capacity. He he thought it was like one of the only areas in your life that you could, in some way, interact with like the lower levels of your subconscious or even your unconscious. Is dream. I think that's like a real. Yeah, ex- yeah. I mean, like, I think it's a really fascinating idea, and I think like the the study of them is warranted. It's very difficult to do, and even he like admitted that he's like, like, even for the person who had a dream, there's like, it's a very delicate thing to try and like analyze it and say it's like one thing or another. Um, but that's what makes them so fascinating. I, I think they're really cool. All right, our next question. How many of you get up to pee at night? If so, do you also manage to miss the toilet and piss on the floor often? <laughs> uh, you need to uh, turn on a light or check your eyesight, sir. Do both. Also, uh, here, here, much better solution. Sit the fuck down. Just yeah, sit down. Honestly, just you just sit. It's fine, man. I and mean, no you're already half asleep anyways. Just fall asleep and wake up in the morning. I am. This perhaps if this is like too uh, vulgar, or whatever. Like, please go for it. Do it. Do it. Why? Why is it like a stigma for like? I I think it's maybe like an older for stigma. For men to sit. Yeah, yeah. I it's don't not a stigma. get that. Like, I I don't understand it's it. Bullshit. Like, I don't. But James, I, it's feminine because women sit down to pee. Oh, and you don't sit to poop. No. Women? Don't. Too. I do a handstand. <laughs> oh God! That's pretty impressive. That some Cirque du Soleil shit right there. Literally cool. Cirque du Soleil shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> oh. 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 All right. Oh, I, this like, should not be a problem. Yeah. Like, my dude, if you're that bad at peeing, get better at peeing. <laughs> or just go do the thing just do the thing just go like maybe this is a moot point maybe you already do this but just go before you go to bed yeah. usually that works right you just, don't drink water before you go to bed don't drink anything before you go to bed just go to the bed like i'm not saying force it I'm trying to pass a kidney force stone it. try to get something <laughs> out just rip it yeah. off yeah force <laughs> whoa wait what are we ripping off here <laughs> <laughs> look you can't get up to use it if it do- you don't have it <laughs> I don't think that's how that works. <laughs> Pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> I'll report back next week. Oh, God. <laughs> if you don't have the equipment to begin with. <laughs> Hell yeah. Our last question this week. What's something on your bucket list you think you'll never actually do? Come president. Uh, make it to another planet. Uh, meet Stan Lee. Those are cheating. all really. Those are all really good bucket lists. It uh, was back when I was in middle school, and he was still alive. I mean, I mean, it's but hey, that means that's uh, everyone needs a tragic sort of uh, regret. You know what I mean, RJ? I we got all to need Canada. That sort of that was on my list. Pain. That's oh, oh, really yeah. What, who wants to awesome. go to Canada? I still haven't been to Canada. I've been to fucking. Wait, you've never been to Canada? Have you been oh, to dude, Canada? I've been to fucking Germany. Yeah. Oh. You both went to Canada, yeah. didn't you? No. On that one trip? No. Yeah. I I went to Canada in like elementary school. Oh shit. On like a family trip or just like on a yeah, just on a family trip. No, I have I have yet to it's it's unfortunate too, because my dad will take like a trip to Canada almost annually, or at least a few years with like the guys in my family. And you um, just don't go? go with? I didn't go. I didn't go the last time because I was um 
it was like just him and my brother Lame. who went. I think I was doing something. I might have been working. I, I honestly can't remember. I might have also just been like a putz. It, it might have been, yeah, like an excuse. I might have been like, I don't want to go to Canada. <laughs> oh, go to the greatest French fried dish right, ever that, made. You do make a valid point. That is a valid argument for Canada. <laughs> Dude, he, like, my dad talks about how, like, going up to some of those fishing spots, it's just, like, so remote. It sounds really peaceful. I would totally go there. At this point in my life, let's go. Yeah, yeah. Go to Canada. Yeah, I would. Yeah. We, we, we got to go to like a remote fishing spot. It's gonna be us, carton of cigarettes, a couple cigars, some whiskey, some beer, some fishing poles, uh, food, obviously, but that's a secondary item to everything else on the list so far. Um, Dude, you uh, think I won't do this? I want to do, I think one of the coolest things ever would be to do a long distance, uh, there's a bunch of guys that do this, um, but like a long distance motorcycle trip up to, up uh, through Canada, up to like Anchorage. And they go up through like the Yukon and they like take the highway, uh, whatever it is called, all the way up through there. And you basically stop at like logger truck stops because that's all there is out there. Nice. It's insane that there is still so much like uh, like untapped kind of wilderness out there. I would love to just go up to one of those little, like a little fishing spot. Like not a resort, an actual fish, like a place you need to take one of those fucking planes to. Like where my and sister that. lives? <laughs> sure. Yeah, absolutely. You just got to like, you just hang out there in the Canadian wilderness for like a week. You definitely have to be a little smart because that place crawl with bears they'll they'll find you um fine they'll find you (laughs) we'll snip it out um but uh you know you just uh we'll bring a gun um you can show that's why i'm gonna go with you because i can outrun you and you i can once i trip you (laughs) oh you cheater (laughs) please this is a this should be a fair bear running race yeah, exactly. Even the bear would be like, "Man, that's that's not cool, dude." That's, that's real <laughs> bear just stops and looks at you. Man, I saw that. That wasn't cool. <laughs> like that's I can't uh, disqualification. Yell. I just bypasses you and keeps coming at me. <laughs> yeah. I like to earn my meals. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like thanks, honesty bear. This bear sponsored by Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> The bears just yeah, got like, like shoes on. <laughs> the shoes in the tracksuit. These shoes help me oh, catch God, my prey no. faster. Uh, yeah, the camera crew is like right behind him. They just watch the bear. Like they filmed the bear brutally maul Calvin. It's like we don't even need this footage, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, we might as well get it. It's it's some extra know, in case you know. we need to edit it in. Adidas. Now sponsoring bears. <laughs> this way we don't have to do reshoots. <laughs> Wait, I thought you meant the Chicago Bears, the football team. No, 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 no. no. Bears. Uh, bears. <laughs> Plural. Outfitting wild bears all across America with Adidas sportswear. And they will be coming to a city near you. Yeah, I'm just picturing like, Coming to a city it starts near with, you. It started with bears. And now we're just watching it for 60 minutes in like 10 years. It started with a simple uh, sponsorship program, Adidas, putting be- shoes on bears. Where it ended, gang on gang violence in Chicago. And it's just a picture of a bunch of bears wow. in tracksuits. 
<laughs> just like created a gang after all those sportswear. <laughs> and Chicago was the nearest city I could think of that would have access to bears, thanks to Wisconsin. Oh God, the idea of a bear running for uh, the mayor of Chicago is just so funny. I would totally. It's like... <laughs> first it was the Irish, that was the Hispanics, and now it's bears. Grizzly <laughs> yeah. Peterson is running for mayor of Chicago. But his campaign is taking a left turn uh, as he does not seem to have the support of the bear community that he thought he did. Uh, He's narrowly avoided two situations where bears tried to maul him. It's like a bear in a suit giving a press conference. He's like, guys, come on. Uh, No, no, no. It's it's a bear in a suit going, (laughs) Here's the thing. Would the bears talk or would they just make bear sounds? Both. Yes. Do both? They're bilingual. Okay. They're very so skilled. They're, <laughs> I just like the idea of a bear speaking like in a regular, like an average Joe voice. Like a this really cell phone video normal, captured like one of those them. harrowing incidents. Uh, discretion is advised. <laughs> Bears up on the podium <laughs> giving his speech. My my fellow Chicagoans, rah, 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 and this truck pulls up with a bear in the back and it just jumps out and starts running at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. <laughs> Oh my god, dude, bear police. Grizzly McPeterson managed to defend his life, but some some of his uh, so former supporters are wondering if they should really put their faith in someone who tore out his opponent's throat with his jaws. Grizzly McPeterson <laughs> sounds like he'd be an actual like Chicago politician from like, the 1820s. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we wasted dude, so I much time totally, on this. I support, yeah, I support him. Yeah, it's great. Dude, I, I support clothing bears i support importing them to replace our gang politician uh, that's the episode I think... title i support clothing bears <laughs> i think it's brilliant all right we gotta get on uh thank you to the both of you for joining this week i support bear on bear violence uh whoa now whoa now you support bear on bear violence? a better bear on bear, than bear on human me. Clothing bears. Yeah, clothing Clo- bears. I please. don't support Mark in time. <laughs> uh, thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are sold. Make sure you share with a friend. You can also find us on social media, Facebook, and a bear. Better Buddies. Oh, share with a bear, you know? Yeah. Share with whoever can listen. Because, you know, maybe it's uh, calming to mountain lions or some shit. I don't know. We haven't tried it yet. Um, uh. th- you can find us on social media Facebook, Better Buddies we post our meme Mondays and our icebreaker questions on Twitter, at Better Budcast use the hashtag Better Buddies when you tweet about the show or our Gmail account BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com you can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail declarations of love and or war questions you want us to answer icebreaker questions you want us to answer or questions you need advice on and last but not least be a better buddy Ah. 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 Oh. Oh jeez. Oh man. Oh boy. Oh, watch out. Oh, we got we're going to have to we're going to have to postpone the episode. I I I crapped my Discord. Oh fuck. Oh fuck. Why did you do this to me, James? I'm so sorry. I could you do this. 
Low My Discord was fine, and then you startled us, and I crapped it. Ah, uh, it's always, it's always a shame when you crap, crap that which you most love. I most love Discord. Who doesn't? <laughs>